0: It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Ido Samuels. Hi, how are you?
1: Very good. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, well, I heard about you and your film, and I wanted to have you on. Could you give me a little uh, background, how you became an actor first?
1: Uh, well, right after I finished the Army, I'm from Israel originally. Mm-hmm. And in Israel, uh, right after high school, we have to go three years for to the Army. So after serving for three years... Uh, I couldn't wait to start like uh, study acting, so I went to acting school and studied acting in Israel for about five years. And uh, the, after the school, I started to doing uh, films in Israel. One of them won in Israel for best picture, and it came out wow. in the U.S. It's called Fill the Void. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sony bought it here, and it was distributed in theaters in the U.S. That's what brought me to the U.S. And I've been living here now for about four years. So.
0: So yes. so here you're in the Army. Did you always have a desire to be an actor?
1: Yeah, ever since I was a little kid, I remember when I was about four or five years old, I went to this uh, event at my mom's workplace, and they had this magician who asked like, someone to volunteer. I, I was a very shy boy. Like, I think I was very shy. I'm still very shy, but, like, this magician, like, asked someone for the audience and just took me without me even, like... Uh, requested to go on stage and then he told me to do a few stuff and then I felt so much alive and I felt like displeasure and all the crowd started voting for me and like, wow. I wow like wow this is where I belong so ever since then I tried to act wherever I could you
0: know? it's funny you say you're shy because you know you can't you can't really be shy but sometimes people are when they go into acting and it helps them in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's you become a different person or a, a confident person of you. It's like I remember also uh, I saw an interview with Beyonce and she said like she has her own persona and she has like this different persona when she's on stage and she's just channeling that one.
0: Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. Do you still think you're a shy person?
1: No, I think I over, overcame that. Uh, um, But I, I don't think I'm very like outspoken. I think I... I I would consider myself to be more of a listener
0: mm-hmm. than a
1: head talker.
0: That's okay. That's good. Uh, I'm more uh, of a, an introvert at times where you observe instead of talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So, and you've been in a lot of films. It's an impressive list. You've been in over 30 films, including the one yeah. you mentioned um, where you played an Orthodox Jewish man named Yossi.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And then uh, you said it was, I think you said it was nominated for two Film Independent Spirit Awards and won seven awards at the Israeli Film Academy. Um, yeah. So tell me about your latest film. Uh, Dirty Bomb? Yes.
1: Okay, so Dirty Bomb is a short film that I, we shot in uh, August and we just had our premiere uh, last Friday, uh, which was very exciting. Congratulations. Uh, Dirty Bomb, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dirty Bomb is, an untold story that I never heard before and being from Israel and we have Holocaust Day and we have Holocaust survivors come to our school and tell the story you heard like thousands of stories but this one I never heard before so it tells a story about how the Nazis uh, forced a lot of Jewish scientists during the World War II to, to help them build the V-2 bombs which were uh, Adolf Hitler's last chance to win the war they were like such an uh uh, forceful weapons and that was his hope to win against the allies. So they took a lot of scientists and a lot of Jewish prisoners and built tunnels underneath the ground to help them build their bombs. And uh, and each each, each, uh, pre- each prisoner that worked on a bomb got a number. Mm-hmm. The number was also in the bomb so they knew which prisoner worked on which bomb. And uh, a lot of uh, the prisoner sabotage the bomb and each time a prisoner sabotaged the bomb uh, and the bomb didn't went off uh, then they hang him, ah. the Nazis hang him in front of all the other prisoners so they'll knew that that's what's going to happen to whoever like sabotaged the bomb mm-hmm. and they still kept on sabotaging about 200 prisoners sabotaged the bomb and got hanged for that but by doing that they saved like, thousands and thousands, thousands of American soldiers lives because a lot of Uh, a lot of soldiers. The the story came to me from the director Valerie McCaffrey and her uncle fought in the Battle of the Bulge and he told her the story about how they saw this huge massive rockets that didn't explode right next to them in the battlefield in the snow. So that's a story about heroes that I never heard about. I
0: never heard of it either.
1: And we felt that we have to tell this story and especially now when we have very little Holocaust survivors left, and most of them are in their late 90s. Uh, We feel that through film is the best way to tell the story, to honor these unsung heroes.
0: Whoa, I'm I'm just listening to you and I'm speechless because um, what a powerful story.
1: Yes, yes, and you can't believe it. You never heard of it before. No. And after hearing it,
0: and they're willing to, to give their lives to save people.
1: Yes, yes. And even now they're, they're like, they knew they're going to be hanged. And they didn't know how many people they were saving. They didn't know if they were saving. the Actually, people, they didn't know what's going on. They just, they just knew they're building bombs. And the bombs were, were using like, to benefit the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to help them, even though they knew this may be their only chance to survive um so yeah
0: yeah i mean
1: it shows you it shows you the power of one person
0: yes even though
1: he's in the worst place with the worst kind of people and he's supposed to be the weakest like physically emotionally everything he can he still have so much power because each bomb if they were like would have exploded could have like, killed one bomb can kill like about five thousand soldiers <sighs>
0: Oh my so the God was
1: so strong and so powerful. So
0: all those people that risked their life saved all those soldiers from dying. Yes. Incredible. How did you meet Valerie McCaffrey?
1: Um, well, I, when I just arrived here with the film. So I know uh, Valerie McCaffrey is also a casting director, and she mm-hmm. cast one of my favorite films, American History X. So uh, I tried to reach out to her, and we met, and... Uh, she saw my showreel and some of my films, and she, we always talked about working together. And then at one time, a year, about a year ago, she told me the story, and she told me that she really wanted me to be to be in it. And uh, finally, we were, we were able to make it together.
0: What was it like uh, shooting this film? It must have been really emotional and draining when you'd go home at the end of the day.
1: Well, yeah, preparing for the film, so I watched like every day uh, like a lot of documentaries a lot of film uh, a lot of YouTube videos and um, me and Valerie also went and met with a uh, Holocaust Survivor serving the same camp he wasn't he didn't work on the bombs but he worked on the other stuff and we could have like asked him about the, what went in the camp and I had a lot of like answered, uh questions about the script that I couldn't solve like what kept him going because I, I would imagine which I was in a Holocaust concentration camp, I didn't know what why I wouldn't just kill myself, you know because it's so horrible, and you see the most horrible stuff right So he told me that the the feeling of hunger was so strong, among the. they hardly ate at all. They like gave him like, I think like only one bread like in a, every couple of days or every like four days, mm. and so they were so hungry, so they were only thinking about the hunger. it was so powerful, and so strong. And his story that he also had a brother in the same camp. And because he worked at some place, I think he was making the prisoner's clothes. This was his job. So he got uh, more often, he got more bread. So he used this bread to feed his brother. So he knew that if he, he wouldn't be there feeding his brother, his brother wouldn't be fed. So it's this survival mode that kept him going. Right. And uh, so to, right before the film, about a month and a half, I tried to fill this, uh, the the healthy way I try to uh, to feel this uh, feeling of hunger during the shooting day so I try to eat only like vegetables and drink only water for about a month and a half before mm. the film uh, so I'll have this very and it doesn't compare at all to what they've been through we right. have this small thing and um, luckily for us like it was a very dark and emotional story to tell but luckily for us first of all with Valerie who is an amazing director and very sensitive and she knows exactly what she wants, but she knows how to get it from people in the most kind and like loving way. Amazing. Uh, which allowed me to be open and just let my emotions just be out there. Mm-hmm. And we had about like 15 or 20 extras. For, we shot in Fresno.
0: We did. And
1: uh, yeah, the story takes place in Europe in the frozen winter and we shot in Fresno. Uh, no, sorry, and we shot in Fresno, like in the summer, in like the hottest days. And we need to act like it was freezing. Right. So that was the difficult part about it. But the only difficult part, because like the extras from Fresno were so amazing, and the costume designer were so amazing. Like the costumes looked so real, and the set designer made the camp look like a real camp. So it was very easy to. Transform yourself into this world and be be in the moment. So wow, it was a very intense uh, But powerful experience for me personally
0: What would you like people to take away from this film?
1: Uh, First of all, I want them to know the story because like we said it's an untold story about heroes that people need to know about them and we're trying to get the names now and to put we're also developing a feature film that can tell the story even more. You know? Oh, good. Really short, there's so much that you can tell. So for the feature film, we hope hoping we're going to get the names and we're going to get the respect that those heroes deserve. So I want them to know, first of all, about the, about the story itself. Because um, uh, also we say in Israel that those who don't know the past may, may make the same mistakes in the future. Yes, and also, like we said in this interview, it's the power of like one person to make such a big impact and such a big difference. You don't need to be in a power position to make a big, a big, uh, a big impact on the world. You can be in the lowest place ever and still make such a big difference. And uh, there's also a saying that the only thing necessary for evil to succeed is for a good men to do nothing. Mm. And uh, when especially also nowadays we see a lot of intolerance and racist people feel they're confident enough to speak out uh but we need to resist it and we need to speak against it right yeah the holocaust started from one person with a racist idea and it got so big because a lot of countries and a lot of people didn't speak out until it was too late so we need to stop it before it's going to be too late
0: you know when i see that was incredible what you just said by the way when i see uh neo-nazis in in 2017 and i i see all these people and they're so racist and prejudiced and it's just i can't believe we're 2017 and that mindset is still prevalent
1: yeah yeah well the the holocaust survivor we spoke to said something very interesting to us he said whatever like a country is going through they're always looking for someone to blame for their their own trouble they're always looking for a weak link for some reason this is the humankind these days and we have to change it like every time they're looking for like a minority to blame their own problems on you know so mm-hmm. we need to speak against all of it and uh, i hope you know the power of films nowadays is so strong stronger than like Cool, stronger than so much because people go to the film and watch it. So, I feel more films about stuff like that should be made. I agree. And I agree. Films film shouldn't be just about entertaining; they should be about educating and inspiring people.
0: Absolutely. Uh, maybe uh, sometime, Valerie. I'll see. I'll speak with Deb Jalels and see if Valerie would like to call in sometime as well. Yeah,
1: I'm sure she would love to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where can people see? Where can people see this film?
1: Well, we just had the, the first screening this Friday, and now we're submitting to all the film festivals. So hopefully we'll get uh, a few submitting for a lot of American ones, we probably submit to a lot of uh, European ones. So mm-hmm. hopefully in those festivals, uh, we're crossing fingers that, that we'll get in.
0: Fantastic. Um, do you have a lot on your plate right now? Are you juggling some other projects?
1: Uh, yeah, I just finished a different short also uh, called Vendod. Uh, which is about the Israeli and uh, and the Palestinian conflict and it just got into the Student Academy Awards out of like 15,000 so congratulations thank you so much uh, so I'm also excited about this one and uh, yeah the usual Actors Life you know auditioning and hoping to get good roles
0: <laughs> was it hard to get an agent when you landed in LA? very much yeah
1: very much oh yeah yeah it, it's very difficult you know uh, when I got in LA, at the beginning I was very excited because it seems like everybody's in in the industry here, and it so, so cool. Yeah. But then you realize like everybody, everybody's in the industry, everybody's trying to make it, everybody's an actor. Right. So it's very difficult. Uh, but you just need to surround yourself with the right people, doing it also for the right reasons, and you need to have patience. And uh, you do. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's a yeah, mindset, and you, and you have to not yeah. mind the. The ups and downs and the waiting, and I always say, no. um, because I have uh, been in the industry, but I do other things. You you can't just do one thing. You should you should explore writing. You should explore exactly. improv, um, because you can't have this attitude of waiting by the phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, and nobody owes you anything. A lot of people in the market. Oh, they have like I have a manager. He has to get me a job. No, no. If you won't get, if you people won't get excited about you and what you're doing, they won't get you anything. Right. Unless they're related to you or something like that. If you have a family in the industry, it helps. But people like me who come from a different country and don't know anyone here. That's, and and it's, English is not your first language. It's very difficult. You know, so you right. just need to hope that people will see your films and will appreciate it and will want to see you in other stuff.
0: And I would also add, because you met Valerie, um, find people that believe in you, and you believe exactly. in them, people you can trust, even you have, if you have a small network of people, find your people.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. We're... It only takes one person to believe in you, you know.
0: Yes. Where can people find out more about you?
1: I have a website with my name, idosamuel.com, and also in social media, my name, idosamuel, it's I-D-O-S-A-M-U-E-L, and I keep updating about my project and about my other stuff over there.
0: Wonderful. Ito, thank you so much for calling in. This has been great.
1: Thank you. It was a real pleasure. And congratulations you. on your film. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All
0: right. Take care. Bye bye.
1: You too. Bye bye.